Brad, tell us a little bit about, you know, getting drafted, you know, Cleveland State days, um, you know, being from Ohio, and then also just, uh, you know, getting to the point where you're at today. Yeah, so went to Cleveland State University. I was uh, born and raised in the suburbs of Cleveland. Um, went to the MLS Combine in 2013. Got drafted 32nd overall in the 2013 MLS draft to Montreal. Uh, spent preseason there with them, but didn't end up getting a contract with them. They opted to go with uh, a young homegrown goalkeeper who's now the national team goalkeeper for Canada. Um, I ended up being a league pool goalkeeper my mm -hmm. first year in 2013. I was, uh, I was stationed in Columbus, but any team that a goalkeeper took a red card or an injury, they would fly me out and I would train with them. And if they need me, I would sit on the bench. And then in uh, 2014, Columbus picked me up on the full full team roster. I was with Columbus from 2014 to 2017. Yeah. Then I was traded to NYCFC, and I was with them from 2018 to 2020. And then I was a free agent this past offseason and got picked up here in Austin. Yeah, so Brad, just going off – off that, what you're talking about, how you played at stops with Columbus and NYCFC, you know, now you're in a whole different ball game where you move to Austin. And I mean, it's a completely new, new stadium, new fans, new club. Um, so just tell us about that. How, what's been the biggest, I guess, uh, change for you that you've seen yourself coming from a different new a club like NYCFC and Columbus that are now very established in the league um, versus now you know, you guys got to create your own uh, history right now. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, all the credit goes to Josh and Claudio for building this club and kind of setting the culture that we want to have here. I mean, it's kind of cool to be in on the ground floor of a club because you get to be part of the history. You get to be part of the first win, first shutout, opening the new stadium, opening the training facility. Um, you're kind of like the first face um, everyone here, first goal, um, first save, all that type of stuff. It's kind of cool just because you're always going to go down uh, in Austin FC history. Um, yeah. But, I mean, the fans here are amazing. Uh, if you've watched our games, our stadium has been sold out. And yeah. they, they show up and they show out and they're loud for the entire game. Just walking around Austin, you see a lot of um, Black and Verde. You see the jerseys. You see the banners at businesses. And, there's just like a real soccer culture here in Austin. Everyone feels so dedicated to the club that it just like you want to go out and you want to perform at your best just because there's so much support here that it, the energy is just amazing. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like, you know, when we all watched the uh, the Portland versus uh, Austin game when you guys got, you know, the first 4-1 win in Austin. And, you know, we've just been talking about U European stadiums and this stuff. I mean, Brad, I mean, that that looked like yeah. for the first time in my life watching MLS, that looked like European type fan base and football out there. I mean, it was I mean, just take us through that, like as a player out there in the goalie, you know, every time you make a save, they're chanting your name and stuff. You know, even if it's just a, a ball, little ball rolling to you on an easy save, you get pumped up when you hear all this. Yeah. stuff. Or, I mean, like I said, it's truly amazing. It's one of those where. I think I was more nervous for our home opener than I was for our season opener, just yeah. because I knew our fans were going to be out there and we wanted to put on a good show and we want to bring results home. We want to make Q2 stadium, our fortress. We want to win every game. 
Um, it's not always going to happen, but the fans give us life when you're on the field and they're chanting for 90 minutes, when you make a save and they're chanting your name, you just feel like this energy just surge through you that you're kind of like invincible and you just want to like keep going. You want to give more, you want to do more, you want to give them everything just because of uh, the support that they're giving you in that moment. And you talk about like a European atmosphere and I've been to some clubs in Europe. I've been to some games like smaller clubs in England. And I mean, this atmosphere is very equivalent. I mean, people are singing and chanting for 90 minutes. They're engaged. They, they understand the game. So when things are happening, they're loud. It's not just like, Oh, a goal is scored. They get loud or something like that. They're engaged the entire time. If someone makes a huge diagonal pass that opens up a run on goal, they're engaged. So, I mean, I think that's like the biggest thing. These, these fans just, they understand soccer and, they're there for it kind of uh build off of that as well um you were playing obviously during covid without having any fans as well on the stadiums what kind of differences did you feel without having fans there versus having fans there like is it a completely different mindset like going into the game etc i mean it's harder to get up for games when there's no fans um just because you kind of have to inject your own energy into the game when you go into a stadium and there's people there, their energy rubs off on you. And like I said, if someone hits a shot and it goes in and there's fans there, everybody goes wild. You feel this electricity through you. You get to celebrate with other people Uh, in the empty stadium. You could communicate better when there was no fans in the stands and everything was a little bit cleaner, but uh, it's definitely better with fans. Like I personally been keeping track of like IG followers and like your <laughs> IG followers have gone up significantly since being at Austin FC. I can't lie, you're always at 10,000. Like that 10K mark's going to be huge. But like, you know, do like do people recognize you like around town? Like, is this like a, you know, if you walk into a bar free drink kind of thing, you know, like, <laughs> or is it still, uh, or, you know, what, do you think it'll get there one day? Like what's the, the vibe? Oh, it's wild. Like you talk about the the following on social media, I think, I think I came here with 3,800 followers. I'm, yeah. I'm up. I don't even know right now. I'm close to 10. Um, just the amount of supporters. Instagram, Instagram, pop right yeah. at all. If you haven't yeah, already. it's been amazing. And yeah, I, I went to Whole Foods the other day. Someone stopped me and talked to me about awesome. like previous game. We took a picture outside of Whole Foods. Uh, I went and got Starbucks. There were fans there that just started chanting my name. So it's definitely weird. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not used to it. Yeah. It's it's very strange. Like I have my I have my hat on, I have my right. mask on, I have sunglasses on, and people are still like recognizing me. And I'm just like, how the <laughs> hell do you know who I am yeah, with a hat and a mask on? So, right. man, so do you wild. enjoy the do you enjoy the interactions that you have with the fans outside, or is it kind of like uh, I'm getting over like tired of this? Like I just kind of want to get on with my day. No, I mean, I love it. So far, everyone's been super respectful. Like if I'm with my family or something, they'll just like say, hey, from a distance, just like give me a wave or like a nod or something. If I'm walking the dog, um, they'll just be like, what's up? Good game. Continue on. So, I mean, it's been great. I love the interaction. I love that so many people love this club. And uh, for me, the more people that recognize me, the more people that love soccer and the better this club yeah. is doing. So, I mean, I'm all for it. And um, That's sick. That's so yeah, awesome. fans are great. 
So, Brad, you know, going off off this Austin uh, topic, when we talk about an ownership and a team, you know, expansion, that's a really big key, especially for right now with, you know, we're talking about COVID, how you got to almost create that own energy in the beginning when there were no fans. And, you know, Matthew McConaughey's really done that. You can tell how he, you know, brings the energy. I don't know how often he's around, but, you know, you can tell that uh, it's pretty infectious when he's around. Yeah. Um, and, and it starts with at the top with the ownership and kind of has a trickle down effect to, to the players, the fans, you know, game day staff, everyone. So kind of talk to us about that, how it's been with having an owner like Matthew, because you've been on a couple different clubs and I bet you've seen different types of ownerships and hands on, hands off approach. So how's that been with with Matthew and uh, the rest of the team? Yeah, McConaughey is crazy, man. <laughs> McConaughey is nuts. Yeah. Um, we met him a couple times. He's been to training. Uh, before the home opener, he was out there in his yeah. in his all green suit, <laughs> pumping up the fans with his bongo. Um, but I mean, it's great, man. Even just this entire ownership group has been super uh, super accessible. Um, they're at every game. You get to like talk to them at the end of every game. You can bounce ideas off of them. You can talk to the front office staff about game day experience, how the field was, all of these things. And it's just one of those where it just feels like a close knit family, but the owners here are very Austin based. They are all about the city, all about the club. And you can just tell that they want the players to be the same. They want the players to buy into the city, but also buy into the culture of the club. And with them being around, it's super easy to do. So now has uh, Matthew McConaughey ever jumped in on practice with you guys? Like how are his soccer abilities? <laughs> He's never laced up the boots, but, uh, he, he looked at us the one day and he was like, I'm new to soccer, but my wife is Brazilian, so she's teaching me everything. I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> kind of leading into our next segment here for us viewers and us fans watching you guys. So we don't get a huge insight as to how you're uh, – like during season, we don't really understand your regimen, whether uh, waking up early, going to lifts, et cetera. So could you give us fans and viewers a little bit of insight as to what an everyday day-to-day -day life looks like in season? Yeah, different teams have different routines. Um, leading up to a game day, if it's like a Saturday game day, don't have a midweek game. Some teams go with a – they train for two days, they take one day off, they train for two days again, and then they go into the game. Uh, our philosophy here in Austin has kind of been the, the four-day lead-up. So we have four days of training leading up to the game. The day after a game, we go in for like a like a regen session, and then we have one day off a week where we can just kind of rest and recuperate. Um, every every day, like everybody is different. Every body needs something different. Um, before training, you get there. We train at 9.30 in the morning. We have to be there by 8.00. Yeah. so that we can um, just prepare like in the treatment room with the trainers um, can eat breakfast in the cafeteria uh, in the gym doing pre-act and stuff. Um, then you go out on the field. Then you have meetings to watch film. Um, you have probably like once or twice a week, you have a lift after training uh, one heavy day, one lighter day, just to get the muscles going, prevent injuries, all that stuff. But, uh, I mean, it's all – it's pretty routine, just kind of like what you said. A lot of film, a lot of, a lot of work outside of things, a lot of recovery aspects that 
um, people kind of forget about this job is 24 seven. It's not just what you do at the training facility. When you go home from the facility, it's not like you can go out and go out on the town every day and walk around and go swimming or paddleboarding or golfing and do all this stuff. You have to take care of your body. You have to, you have to monitor what you eat, what you drink, how much water you consume, especially here in the Austin heat. So, I mean, it really is a 24 hour job and uh, just like in the facility is only part of it. See, it's also uh, funny because I play college soccer as well. So I know in the off season, there really is no off season because you still need to maintain your fitness and your body, et cetera. So now can you kind of talk about as well, like what your off season looked like if you even have an off season? Yeah, the off seasons have looked a little bit different as I've gotten older. Um, first couple of years in the league, I didn't really take much time off. Uh, I wanted to use that time to work on some of the things that I wanted to get better at. So I would take maybe a week or two off at the end of the season, and then I would get right back on the field and I'd be working on different aspects of my game that I wanted to get better. Um, my body could also tolerate that a little bit more. Now that I'm a little bit older, my preseason's a little bit different. Uh, I take more time off right after the season just to let my body heal from the, the season. And then probably two to three weeks after the season ends, I try and just get back into the gym do some lifts, do some light cardio work. And then as you get closer to the season, about a month out, I'll start um, seeing the ball again, passing, uh, seeing some volleys and whatnot. But I won't really go fully into like high gear until about two weeks before preseason, just because I want to keep my body as fresh as possible heading into preseason. Makes sense. Um, now also before a big game coming up, do you have any pregame rituals? Like, do you do the same thing every morning when you wake up Question on game day? Uh, not really. I mean, I've been eating the same food, but that's about it. Like at home, you can kind of control what you eat a little bit better than you can on the road. I always just do the same. I get first watch for breakfast and then I have the same pregame meal that we cook here at the house. Um, but no, some days I just watch Netflix. Some days I watch soccer. Other days I'm on Call of Duty with friends and <laughs> playing Warzone. So, I mean, it's all it all depends on the day and, like, how I'm feeling. But no real regiment, just kind of keeping the same food. No favorite shirt, no favorite tie, et cetera, no. <laughs> nah, I've been wearing different clothes to every game, so. <laughs> uh, I got to gotta mix it up. Uh, we got to swag out. We got we got a nice little – bet in the locker room who's the best dress so uh, got to put myself in the running but i'm not winning nice. so. so is that uh on a game-to-day basis as to you guys judge as is it going to be an end of the season oh or? it's on a it's on game to game every like <laughs> you are you always know as soon as yeah. one guy walks into the locker room you're like okay yeah he won so, so, <laughs> so who else besides you on a, on a normal yeah, basis yeah, who yeah. brings the heat who brings the heat on a game day we got some guys that Beasler, I feel like Beasler's pretty well dressed. So Bees, he's an interesting one, man. He like goes all out. So the one day he dressed like in full golf attire, he was like mimicking one of the local golfers here from uh, Austin. Like he wore an Austin FC jersey to one of the tournament, like the PGA tournaments. So then Bees went out and like copied his exact like <laughs> outfit more to one of our games. Um, Cecilio has walked in in full cowboy outfit for our home opener. He had the big Texas belt on. He had the, the hat, the boots, everything. 
Um, but not probably Julio Cascante is probably the best dressed man showed up in like the, the short sleeve suit with no shirt on underneath, just like bare skin with like the hat dude, dude is too much swag. Now have you uh, adjusted to the Austin lifestyle? Have you gotten your uh, boots and your hat and your belt buckle yet? No. <laughs> the only thing I've gotten is y'all. Just makes everything That's funny. Yeah, y'all. Yo. I remember when you, you came to Owu and came to a few practices that, you know, that one season and, uh, you know, kind of made it a consistent thing. And I know you weren't getting compensated for it. And uh, I remember one time, I think it was the spring of what, 18 maybe? Uh, a bunch of us went and helped you with a, a, a kickball tournament. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. You and your wife like organized that kickball tournament uh, yeah. near Ohio State and uh, helped ref or uh, yeah, helped ref it. And uh, yeah. I know like so charity work is is big and in sports in general. But with you, you know, I know that it's definitely something you enjoy and it's definitely something you like. So, you know, what's the charity work? Explain your charity work to those who, who don't know um, what you're doing right now. Uh, you know, we've been seeing it with your post and just, you know, just explain that on a deeper level so people can understand. Yeah, I mean, two of the biggest ones that I've been working with are Athlete Ally, which is a LGBTQ plus uh, inclusion in sports. Um, I got involved with them about three years ago. Every month we or every year we have like a big push for playing for pride in June. Right where we just make a big push to get donations this year. Uh, we raised over $26,000 for mm. athlete ally, um, which exceeded our expectations. And yeah. it was fantastic. We had players from MLS, USL, NWSL, rugby. I mean, it was all over. Uh, we have athletes in like every sport. Um, mm. And then another one that I'm involved with is the Laundry Project, which uh, brings laundry services to lower income neighborhoods. Um, and then the one that we did, the kickball tournament was actually a local charity that a family I knew from high school. That was uh, okay. like a Chiari kickball tournament. Okay. Um, that one I've done a couple of events with. But the biggest thing for me, just like having the platform that I do. I want to be able to give back and use that platform for good. Um, right. I choose some of the charities that I work with okay. just because they mean a lot to me, but other ones just kind of come into me and I'm not really picky. If, if there's a cause that means something to someone and they come to me and they want me to help out, I'm definitely going to help out while I have this platform. I want to do as much good as possible. And I mean, the biggest thing is if everyone was just better and better humans and better yeah. to each other like this world would be just a better place so um uh for now i just want to use my platform to uh to show that i definitely on behalf of you know park the bus boys and us like we, we appreciate that um you know you could you could easily not do that and be worried about a, a lot of other things um it's, uh, so it's, it's just cool to to see that and hear that and definitely for me to be a part of that with you you know a, a few years back so yeah, man. You guys umped a good game. A little, yeah. couple bad calls, but, you know, <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah, I was down the first baseline, you know. I ain't gonna lie. I thought it was easier, but it really isn't. It's, uh, it's really not. It's a little nerve-wracking, not going to lie, refereeing kickball, so. Well, and all you guys had different rules. I handed out a sheet that said, <laughs> here are the rules, and then I go to each each field, and they're like, oh, yeah, no, nah, this is the rules here. I was like. <laughs> oh, I mean, Brad, just going off that as well, um, 
you know, besides the charity work as well on, on social media and stuff, you, you always, you know, shout out or at least, you know, recognize a lot of the local, from what I've seen in, in Austin, some of these local shops and stores. And it's just great to see that, you know, even yes, though you, you just moved down there, that how quickly you've integrated yourself and how quickly the, the community has rallied around Austin FC and you and the way the team's playing as well. You know, you're not going to say this because you can't, but I'm going to say it on behalf of you. How, if you are not an MLS All Star this season, yeah, I will, I will boycott that yeah. MLS for the rest. No, of yeah, the we're year. definitely on my life. I yes. will. So I'm just going to put uh, that there first. Um, <laughs> I but, that. You know, how is it? Um, you know, kind of in the dog days of the season, I would say right now, really, where um, you know, getting sore a lot quicker and stuff like that. So how do you stay? Uh, motivated and what are some goals and ambitions that you're going to have for the rest of the season moving forward? Yeah, I mean, we have our team goals as a first year club. It's always difficult. Uh, you look at the history of expansion teams and making the playoffs is kind of like the benchmark. Yeah. If you can make the playoffs in year one, it was kind of a success. Um, with all the injuries that we had, we're still in a good spot to do that. And I think going into this later half of the year, um, I think you can see our style of play and how we want to do it. Um, now it's just about fine tuning a couple things. And I think now that we're going to come into games, we're going to just hit games back to back to back to back. And uh, as long as we can fine tune some things and start finding the back of the net, I think we're going to see ourselves kind of climb in those standings and uh, push ourselves into playoffs. Um, from an individual level, I just take it game by game. I just want to do my best and, give everything I can so that I can help the team win. And before I, before I pass it on to Matt for a couple rapid fire questions for you, um, you know, one of the questions I have is who has been, you know, when you've been playing this season or in the MLS at any point, I guess, who was the one player that, you know, you were kind of starstruck to see out there on the field uh, when you were playing against them? It could be this year or early in your career, but was there ever one player where it was kind of like a starstruck moment and, you know, welcome to the MLS type moment for you? Yeah, I mean, I think I've been fortunate. I've crossed paths with a lot of uh, soccer greats. Um, I was on the bench when we played against Ibra. I played against and played with David Villa. I uh, played against Lampard, Pirlo, um, Chicha, Vela. Some of my international friendlies, I played against uh, Alvaro Negredo, which was a oh. good one that was early on. Um, but I think the one that I was probably most starstruck by was just Kaká in Orlando. I uh, played against him, and I think that was just the one where I was just like, wow, that's kind of weird. And I look back on it now, and I have a couple pictures playing against him, and I'm just like, wow, that one I will – I'll remember that one for a long time. So, Just get to know you a little bit better. Um, but So I'm just going to ask you a bunch of rapid questions, and whatever comes to your mind first, just give me that answer. Some pertaining to your life, some pertaining to soccer. So to start us off, uh, funniest teammate? Um, Kakuta Mane. Yeah. Favorite save of the year that thus far? Uh, Chicha's PK. Uh, who was your inspiration growing up? Brad Friedel. If you were DJing, what would be your go-to song? To start off the night. <laughs> Uh, I'll just go no hands by Waka Flocka. Okay, I see you. Good uh, favorite? Yo, what? <laughs> That's why he's the man. That's why he's the man. That's the first ever right. song I downloaded on the iPod. <laughs> man. 
Yeah, that song will come on a locker room. You know, I got my hands up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, favorite actor? Uh, Jason Siegel. Oof, sorry, Matthew McConaughey. Um, <laughs> but if I was visiting Austin, give me one restaurant to go to. And I can't. There are way too many good restaurants down here. Um, guess go to Red Ash. Red Ash. Okay. Matt, write that down. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I'm jotting it down for you guys. That's like All a date right. night spot. For sure. All right. Fun fact about yourself that most people wouldn't know. I was five foot two my freshman year of high school. Dang, how much did you grow after that? Yeah. 6'3", 6'4", now, so. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, worked out for yourself. I wish that happened to me. Uh, <laughs> all right, last one. England or Italy? I have to say Italy because my wife's family's Italian, and they might kill me if I said England, so. <laughs> yeah, good point. To Rome. It's I mean, it's not going home, so. It's yeah. definitely not going home. <laughs> it's not going home. Yeah. So we appreciate your insights and all the time and effort that you have getting on the podcast with us today. Yeah, you got it. Thanks for having me on.